With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com It's time to get your hockey fix. This is Brave the Wild with your host, Paladino Joey, the leader of Minnesota wild hockey, here on thesportstuff.com. Again, hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, riding solo yet once again. Again, Neil Nate Dog Thiesing shall return. Well, we're looking probably around March-ish or so. Or so. Uh, we're about to head into the Olympic break. In fact, we already have. So <laughs> we've got two games to review, two games to preview. Shouldn't be all too much about the wild this time around. There's just not as much, obviously, only two games to deal with right now. Um, so, and of course we will do our usual Iowa Wild checkup and North Star's memory, except the North Star's memory will be a little different this time around. So we'll get to that when we get to it in segment number three. Segment number one, well, we got two games to review. And I was talking about, wouldn't it be nice if the Wild were to somehow come out of these two games with four points? It's like, yes, the Tampa Bay Lightning are good. Uh, yeah, and it's a home game or two home games for the Minnesota Wild and then two road games to preview. After the Olympic break, a Thursday-Friday uh, back-to-back deal there to wrap up the month of February. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like February starts and ends real quick here. Uh, Tampa and Nashville. Figure I figured I had Nashville. I had the Wild defeating Nashville, and I had the Wild losing to Tampa in a shootout or overtime. Well, the Wild beats Nashville in a shootout, or beats Nashville in the overtime, but also defeats the Tampa Bay Lightning in a 2-1 victory. Darcy uh, Cumber, unbelievable. Now, this is Tuesday, February the 4th, by the way, this game. 2-1 victory. Darcy Cumber, incredible in the game. Nino Niederreiter, factoring in the scoring again. It just seems like how the Wild, it's like, okay, this guy's not been scoring lately, so now he's going to start scoring again. And <laughs> isn't that cool? You gotta like that. Niederreiter scoring only four minutes into the game. Jared Spurgeon was all over the place in this game. I was very impressed with him. Um, Keeping the puck in the zone in this case. And able to, uh, well, uh, get the puck on net, per se. Jason Zucker getting his first assist of the season also (laughs) in this goal. Uh, But Nito Niederreiter on the power play. 
in the right place at the right time, obviously, and finishing. Uh, very physical, <laughs> very physical goal for Nita Renita Ryder, and that's what that's what he provides for the Wild. Very happy to have him become a true power play, power forward for the Wild. His tenth goal of the season. Basically scored as he was getting knocked to the knocked to the ice. Very cool, one nothing Wild, and then it was kind of grinded out the rest of the way of the first period. The rest of the way in the second period, there were some nice shots on goal, and the Tampa Bay Lightning were doing everything they could to pepper Darcy Cumper, but he pretty much shot, slammed the door on those Tampa Bay Lightning. The third period, though, started very positively for the Wild. Darcy Cumper, or excuse me, what am I talking about? Spurgeon, Jared Spurgeon. Had the puck, and then, well, the Tampa Bay Lightning took it away. Spurgeon just takes it right back, literally just strips it right back, and then feeds Danny Heatley for his 11th goal of the year. Danny Heatley, right place, right time, tips the puck in. Spurgeon, beautiful feed. That was all Spurgeon on that one, but then again, Heatley obviously finishing what he needed to with his great hands. No speed required there. Heatley's value has improved now that <laughs> he's... You know, he's in the right place at the right time and using what skill he has left to score goals. His 11th of the year, very cool. Only 34 seconds into the third period. It's like, oh my God, could we actually beat Tampa? Could we actually beat Tampa? <laughs> oh boy, but Philippoupa, I keep calling him that, Philippoula, and I deeply apologize for that. With his 20th goal of the year, that number one line over there in Tampa Bay, Martin San Louis. And Gudas making it a 2-1 hockey game with 6 minutes remaining. Had us a bit worried, but Darcy Kumper and the Wild slammed the door. Kumper with 34 saves in the game. Only one goal given up, of course. 97% save percentage. Kumper, I mean, sometimes sometimes he'll give up some softies, and some nights he is just going to flat slam the door. And that's exactly what happened in this situation. Oh, wasn't it cool? Very awesome to see what Mr. Cumber could do in this night. Jonas Brodeen was also all over the place making some very solid defensive plays. I mean, there's really nothing to complain about this game other than you wish the Wild could finish some more. Uh, that beautiful line of Parisi, Commonville, and Grandland uh, had multiple attempts in the game. They looked great, but obviously nothing getting in there. Ben Bishop was outstanding as well, to be honest. Uh, he took a puck to the head at one point in the, in the game, but stayed in there. He toughed it out, stayed in there. He's a very, very damn good goalie as well for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They should be, obviously, they're very proud of him, and Tampa Bay Lightning still a home ice advantage type of team in the Eastern Conference. Not over home ice uh, overall throughout the playoffs, but home ice in the first round. Tampa Bay Lightning look like a very, very solid team going into going into the, the springtime as we get closer and closer to that into a possible playoff push. We'll see what happens there, but a very impressive win for the Minnesota Wild against an excellent hockey team with a ton of offense and a good goalie. Just an overall solid, solid game. Very, very, very happy with this one. That's two points. <laughs> a lot of people thought this was just going to be one or zero, but we came out with the W in this one. On to the Nashville Predators game. Slightly more entertaining in terms of, well, there were more goals in the game. Um, Nino Niederreiter, a factor. Jonas Brodeen, obviously <laughs> a factor as well. Nino Niederreiter with a strip. Nice, solid defensive play, keeping the puck in the zone, and then feeding Jonas Brodeen 
with a wrister for his eighth goal of the year. So Jonas Brodin now eight goals in the year, providing more offense than a lot of people expected when he was coming into the NHL. He is really becoming one hell of a player in so many ways. And Nino Niederreiter, a huge factor in both of these games. Very physical, very solid. <laughs> Definitely a Mike Madonna <laughs> award candidate <laughs> in, in, in this in this uh, in these short two games. Just a fun little night for the Wild. I mean, I expected a victory. It ended up being a little closer than some of us would have liked, but it is what it is. Craig Smith tying this game up with only about, I mean, only about a minute and a half later. A lot of us kind of like, oh boy, that was a little frustrating, but you're going to give up goals. That's no doubt about it. Hidley and Pominville back and forth with Ryan Suter. Pominville <laughs> was able to get it to Parisi on the power play for his 19th goal of the season. A fairly, to cap off, a fairly, a fairly entertaining first period. Craig Smith with a two-goal night, though, in the second period with his 18th goal of the year. And it's like, oh boy, can the Wild finish this team? Is it going to be one of those frustrating little games? When it went to overtime, I mean, a lot of us scared to death. Uh, the Wild with so many opportunities to finish. Parisi had a one-on-one <laughs> attempt at one point in the second period. Looked like he was hooked, did not get the call, and much to his chagrin, and lots of Wild fans as well. Mm. Um, but luckily things did work out once in a while. <laughs> I mean, the Wild have been better in the extra period most of the time, and overtime going into the shootout. Starting out the year, the Wild were terrible at it, but pretty much since that uh, Colorado game, the second Colorado game, uh, the Wild seemed to have dramatically improved Darcy Comfort and such, especially against that uh, LA King, that LA Kings game, is when a lot of the Wild's uh, fortunes changed, becoming more and more clutch in the extra period. Nino Niederreiter finishing, <laughs> finishing to cap off a very, very nice two games for him. I mean, a Mike Madonna award is going to go to Nino Niederreiter, his eleventh goal of the season, without a doubt, a victory. For him, in a lot of ways, he did score against Tampa, did make a nice, a very solid play to get to set up Jonas Brodeen, and also, again, scoring the game winner um, two, two and a half minutes into the overtime period. Nino Niederreiter, to me, is definitely the Mike Modano Award winner. It's, and it's kind of funny how the Wild, it just seems like, well, this guy's not been scoring lately. Oh, now he is. Okay, oh, now Parisi. When is Parisi going to... Oh, wow, number one star of the week. Wow, that's an easy Mike Madonna Award winner. Pominville, huh, where's he been lately? And, and Granlin, oh, there they are. <laughs> they said they, they put together like three goals, you know, this current week. You know, that that's the kind of season it's been for the Wild. It's just, this guy steps up, now this guy steps up, now this guy steps up. Oh, now it's Ryan Studer's turn. Hat trick, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just pretty cool. Jonas Brodine always kind of hanging around and obviously... Sometimes he has better games than others because he's young and developing, but a solid week for him as well. Um, Zach Parisi, again, getting another goal. He's been on, definitely been on a tear of late. Uh, Pominville, Parisi. It was kind of cool to see, uh, well, yeah, this was like, this is like a potential first line, especially when Heatley was a scorer back in the, you know, just like, you know, a few years back, Heatley was still kind of a scorer. This could have been like a first line, but then again, there's no center uh, out of these three. Granlin was on the ice in this play, obviously. In the power play, you're going to have multiple... You're going to have more wings than in when you're not in the power play, but you get the idea then at full strength. But, uh, man, very solid. Uh, Heatley, obviously, his passing 
becoming more and more a factor. Really been a boost for the Wild. He is a, a nice passer. He's been giving the guys nice feeds. And again, this one was no different. But it was more of what you would call a hockey assist because it was Pominville was really the uh, immediate assist, you could say. He was the one that officially set up Parisi, but Heatley, you know, a part of this one as well. Very cool along the way. Just a great, great couple of games for the Minnesota Wild. Not like they didn't beat anybody real bad or anything. These were both very close one-goal games and everything that went down to the wire. And in fact, obviously, the overtime goal, obviously, that ends the game. No duh, right? But... Still, the fact that the Wild were able to win both of them, they were clutch, they were solid, the defense has looked much better than it did a couple weeks back with a few lapses against Colorado and such. A couple of frustrating ones, the Keith Ballards, the uh, uh, Kyle Braziak, so some terrible plays. Really, nobody this week, to me, really is like, boy, he had a stinky week, he really stunk it up. I mean, even Braziak got an assist this week, and that was on that Nino Niederreiter goal. Uh, Jared Spurgeon is an honorable mention for Mike Modano. In fact, I would make him number two. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna make him literally like the second, like the first runner-up. We'll call him for Mike Modano. Uh, uh, other than that, I really don't think I'm gonna pass out a James Shepard Memorial for like the worst player of the week because, you know, I mean, Cumber was outstanding. Uh, Braziak was wasn't bad. <laughs> uh, Keith Ballard. You know, he bugs me sometimes out there, but but even he was okay at times. It's like, I don't know, and it's like, why just pick on Keith Ballard, you know? I mean, he didn't necessarily have, like, a bad week, necessarily. But, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm not going to have a James Shepard in this one. But to get four points in these two games, very, very cool. Nice, nice help for the Minnesota Wild as we, well, head into the break. Hopefully the the momentum can continue after that. Obviously, it's going to (laughs) be... quite different when you're off for three weeks you're going to come back hoping for the best unfortunately even with these solid victories the wild 10 games over 500 you can say obviously well yeah it's still 500 31 and 21 69 points but unfortunately colorado avalanche not relenting at all 10 points ahead of the minnesota wild still for that final like non-wild card playoff spot in our division the central division got to be about as good as division as there is in hockey. I mean, you got St. Louis, Chicago, Colorado. Oh, boy, it's it's tough. I mean, when you think of how good the Wild are and how good they're becoming and that we're in fourth place, it's like, man, it, it just shows how tough a division this truly is. Oh, my. Colorado is a pain in the butt, and they're only going to get better from what you can tell. They're shucks. Oh, my God. They're, <laughs> they're like 20 games above 500. Oh man, ah, good 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 luck catching them. I I don't know about that. I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna have to leave that as is. Ah oh, boy. Okay, so let's just take a quick break. Let's get to the preview. We're gonna only have to preview a couple games, but looking forward to it. And then obviously we'll have to sit out for a while. I I mean I'm not gonna be doing shows about the Olympics. I mean uh, it'd be fun, but ah. Uh, you know, nah, this is a Minnesota Wild show. Maybe we'll talk about their gold medal victory on the next show, if it indeed does happen, and I really hope it does. So, let's take a quick break. Let's get to the previews right after this. Do you shop on Amazon? 
you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Brave the Wild on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. Alright, we are back here on Brave the Wild. Let's preview some hockey games. Alright, so when the Olympic break is over, we got two games, literally two games in the final two days of February of 2014. (laughs) Thursday, February the 27th. The Minnesota Wild head to Edmonton, Alberta. That's right, Edmonton, Alberta. Oh, goody, right? Well, the good news is, and the only other game these two teams have played so far, of course, our former Northwest Division rival, the Minnesota Wild, defeated the Edmonton Oilers 4-1 on Thursday, January the 16th. Nice little game for the Wild. But, obviously, things will be slightly different this time around because it's in Edmonton. Though I do think the Wild return from their break with a with a, with a victory. I mean, why not? <laughs> why not? I mean, Edmonton. Well, they have scoring. They don't have goaltending. That's for sure. Uh, ben Scrivens had a couple of good games. That's about it. And his, he started six games. He's the only goalie with the goals against average under three. And in fact, his is only two point oh one. Um, that's been good. But their main starter, Devin Dubnyk. Gosh, he's given up almost three and a half goals a game. Save percentage under 90. Yet, yeah, he still has two shutouts, which is crazy. <laughs> Taylor Hall has been incredible. He's obviously one of those top prospects in the NHL. A top pick a few years back. Yeah, the Oilers score. They have lots of talent, but they just don't win. I mean, they just don't. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is 43 points in 58 games. But again, yeah, I mean, the Edmonton Oilers just don't win. They don't know how to win, and uh, they're just they're just not what they were long ago, and they not they're not what they were about 10 years ago when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. There's certainly nothing left from that from those days including their coach, Craig McTavish, which a lot of people, some people would have wished was on the wild. Um, familiar name, Nick Schultz, with only four assists in 57 games. Sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, the guy never scored ever. He was kind of just a... I mean, it's like you don't want to rip him, but at the same time, he was decent defensively. He was, well, okay, maybe he was above... Oh, yeah, he was above average defensively, but did abs- provided absolutely nothing offensively, Like, which is crazy, because like back in the back in his day, when he was young, in the juniors and such, he was more of a power play type of core, uh, kind of a power play quarterback type of defenseman in the NHL, quite different indeed, just a very quiet, nondescript defensive defenseman, and that's it. Um, not that that really matters too much going into the Edmonton game, Nick Schultz, not really the guy to worry about, it's more of the Taylor Halls, Nugent Hopkins, Jordan Eberle. Lots of talent, David Perrin. I mean, they have a lot of top-end talent. Four guys with over 40 points. The Wild have zero guys with over 40 points. So it does tell you something. The Edmonton Oilers can score, but again, they, their defense is not very good. 
Their goaltending is not very good. No reason for me to believe the Wild should lose this game. And in fact, if they do, that would be quite disappointing. Uh, I'm going to go with a 4-2 Minnesota Wild. Victory in Edmonton, Alberta. Yes, I think Darcy Comper will have a nice, solid night in Edmonton. Hoping for the best there. Rexall Center. I got to think the Wild could get this done. They're just a better team. Edmonton just... Ah, I mean, I, I think the Wilds' offense will hopefully get something done. Uh, they didn't score all that much against Tampa or Nashville, but maybe a, maybe a nice Olympic break. Hopefully they'll come out and kick some butt. Maybe Edmonton will be kind of off their game. That's the hope. Hopefully Edmonton won't be too professional. The Wilds just come out and kick their butts 5-2, to 4-2. to two. That's about where I'm standing right now. Let's move on. i got to stop uh, rambling about one game here. Let's move on to the... Final day of the month, February, Friday, February the 28th. The Minnesota Wild head to Vancouver. That will be a, uh, <laughs> uh, that's going to be a very tough one. In, a, in some ways, Minnesota Wild earlier this year did get a shootout victory over the Vancouver Canucks on December the 17th. 3-2 to two shootout victory. Um, and that was a home game for the Wild. Oh boy, the Wild don't usually play well in Vancouver. Once in a while they do amazingly, amazingly, and beyond amazingly, <laughs> Luongo's still in Vancouver. I mean, how many times is he in trade rumors? How many times? How up and down has he been in his career? I mean, one, one, I mean, it's like one stretch, he's like unbelievable. Uh, you know, nobody gets scoring him, and then all of a sudden he's given up seven goals and costing the Vancouver Canucks a Stanley Cup championship. So be it there. Uh, Henrik and Danielle both with 40 points on the year. Good for them. Ryan Kessler with 38. Chris Higgins with 33. Vancouver, not quite the scoring... Um, not quite the scoring juggernaut they once were. Certainly not a Stanley Cup contender like they once were. Not even that long ago. Uh, but they do have a crazy coach <laughs> who likes to start fights. Boy, that's a perfect fit with for Vancouver. Maybe bring back the old Crawford days with the... Uh, <laughs> the Minnesota Wild and the Vancouver Canucks. Remember that. Oh, who could forget? All you need to do is bring back Ty Bertuzzi and, and, and it's on. But um, Vancouver, obviously the other the other wild card team. Minnesota Wild are the seventh seed. The Vancouver Canucks have been the eighth seed for quite a while, though of late. Jeez, the Vancouver Canucks not really doing so hot. In fact, they're only three games above five hundred. Not really sure what's going on there. They're kind of in a tailspin right now. Other than they're not really scoring all that much. Um, i got to think their coach is a pretty difficult son of a gun. <laughs> no doubt about it. Oh, man. What is going on with the Vancouver Canucks? They have been on a slide. Not that I'm complaining. Seven-game slide officially. Actually, the Canucks no longer in the wild card standing. That would be the Phoenix Coyotes by one point. 64 points for the Coyotes, Coyotes, 63 for Vancouver. So here comes the Phoenix Coyotes <laughs> with a one-point lead. They are in a tailspin over there in Vancouver. I wonder, it's like you do wonder if old Tortsy, Tortorella, could be in trouble already. Who knows? Um, this team should not be on a seven-game losing streak. I just, no. And i got to think the expectation's fairly high in Vancouver, just like they were in New York. Yes, with old Tortsy. Uh, New York, things are not going so hot either with Vancouver's former coach. But then again, I, who, who am I to say that? They're doing better than Vancouver. They're in second place in that Metropolitan Division. 
Um, everybody behind Pittsburgh isn't doing all that hot there, but they're doing enough. Philadelphia, amazingly, would be in the playoffs today. Remember how the Wild just walked all over them? Man, they've been on a streak over there, too. Uh, why am I rambling on in something else? <laughs> I apologize for that, guys. Uh, I'd like to pick a victory in this one, and I'm going to. Um, just pray to God. The, the whole theory is, though, this break might be exactly what the Vancouver Canucks need uh, to kind of clear the air, get things done. But ho- the hope is maybe they'll be just more frustrated, more like, what the hell's going on, and the Wild can come out and win. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with a... Oh, boy. I, I'm too scared. It's like, I, I want to pick a win. Okay, I'll pick a shootout victory for the Wild. A shootout slash overtime victory, 3-2 to two in Vancouver against Roberto Luongo. I think the Wild would win a shootout if it came to it against Luongo. I just somehow could see... Roberto screw up somehow, some way <laughs> in that type of situation and Darcy Cumper being the man once again for the Minnesota Wild and that is the hope um, I would really hate to see Cumper give up some softies against Vancouver and we lose like 4-1, to 4-2 to two, something like that it's quite possible but I'll go with a shootout victory so that would be a positive, positive way to approach things going into Vancouver, British Columbia, our once hated rival and you know what? They're still a hated rival, just not quite looked on nearly as negatively in the pa- as in the past. Obviously, it's been a while since that old rivalry. Um, after that, the Minnesota Wild on Monday, March third, would head to would actually host the Calgary Flames. But that will be well, yeah, that will have to be on the next show after we review the last two games. Hopefully, another four point situation for the Wild. And if that's the case, wouldn't that be awesome? Sure would. So we were going to take a break and get back to the North Star memory and the Iowa Wild checkup right after this. Contact us and support Brave the Wild by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. It is time for the North Stars memory and the Iowa Wild checkup. Apologize, this show is a bit shorter because, well, obviously there's not as much to talk about right now. Just two games to review, two games to preview, and off to the Olympic break, which is where we are now. The North Stars memory this time around won't be really about the North Stars as much. Uh, There'll be one North Star involved with it. Well, then again, a lot of times it is just one guy necessary. That guy, in this case, would be Neil Broughton, a member of... You guessed it, the 1980 Olympic hockey team. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I had to. <laughs> I had to make this um, <laughs> had to make this the Nordstrom memory this time around. We all know what happened. Um, quite the underdog going against the best team ever, right? According to some people at the time. The Russians and all that good stuff. Um, it's not going to directly be about the what USA did against the Russians, even though it was the most amazing thing to happen in... American sports in quite a long time. Uh, It's just cool to recognize the players that were a part of this team, especially the ones from Minnesota. Uh, You had Mike Ramsey, who went on to be a solid defenseman in the NHL for many years. He was actually the youngest player on that team out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Just a solid overall defensive defenseman in the NHL and a factor in the... Obviously quite a factor for the U.S. Olympic team as well. One of the better defensemen there. And the assistant coach for the Minnesota Wild for shucks about, oh gosh, uh, 
not 10 years, well, yeah, almost 10 years with the Minnesota Wild. Ended up leaving after a year with uh, Todd Richards. Just didn't seem to, didn't didn't feel like he really fit in with what Todd Richards is doing. And, well, we saw why that coming season. It just, there was almost no defense under Todd Richards. He's just wide open. Mike Ramsey, I can't imagine he liked that. Um, So he's one of the feature presentations here because he's not only from the U. U.S. team and from Minnesota, but he was the head coach, or excuse me, assistant with the Wild for a long time. A lot of people saw him as, as a head coaching candidate. Never happened. Uh, a guy that was not from Minnesota, though, who wore number 20 for the U.S. Olympic team that a lot of you may know about this and a lot of you may not know about this. But Bob Suter, Bob Suter, who happened to be from Madison, Wisconsin and played for Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Badgers back then, again, wore the number 20. Can you guess? Bob Suter, who that just might be? Well, he's the brother of Gary Suter, who played for the Chicago Blackhawks in the <laughs> in the 80s and, and I believe early 90s. Also, well, yeah, for quite a while in the league, but also the father of, yes, Ryan Suter of the Minnesota Wild. One of the best defensemen in the NHL right now. Could go down as the greatest defenseman in Wild history, unless Jonas Brodin has something to say about that. So far, he's the best defenseman we've ever had, I gotta think, overall. Uh, but Bob Suter. Nah, that's why Ryan Suter wears number 20. His father wore number 20 back in the day. Not, not really in any, no NHL career, though. Some of these guys really didn't go on to have much of an NHL career, maybe in and out a bit. Um, Jim Craig never did much in the NHL. It's kind of sad when you consider what these guys did. <laughs> against the Russians and how little they did after that. Uh, Neil Broughton, obviously, no introduction necessary. He's obviously from Roseau, Minnesota, had a great career with the North Stars, one of the elite all-time great players for that franchise. In fact, for the North Stars themselves, he was the all-time leading scorer, if you can believe it, because other players kind of came and went, like the Cicerellis, the, the Bellows was traded, uh, uh, Bobby Smith was traded due to his demand and then eventually came back after a long career with the Montreal Canadiens and won a Stanley Cup with them. Um, A team mixed with Minnesota and Boston, but mostly Minnesota. And then, of course, the one Wisconsinite was Bob Suter. Yeah, pretty cool. I was like, oh, there was, yep. Oh, excuse me, Mark Johnson also, who scored two goals against the Russians in that unbelievable game, a 4-3 victory for the U.S. team. Quite a awesome feat for them. Uh, Mark Johnson out of Madison, Wisconsin. Kind of funny. Uh, he was one of the heroes of that great game. Uh, Bill Baker out of Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Recognized as well. Uh, I already mentioned Ramsey. Uh, Dave Christian, who was from War Road, Minnesota. Went to North Dakota. <clears throat> North North Dakota. The Fighting Sioux. Unfortunately, no more WCHA for the Golden Gophers, which is quite a shame considering the North Dakota Fighting Sioux are still in that conference. And I love that conference. And in fact, they're actually following at Brave the Wild on Twitter, which I think you should as well. It's kind of cool that they're actually following me, even though they're following like thousands of people and thousands of people are following back. But still, it's still neat to see that on my on my follower list, to see the WCHA, which I always love. Uh, Dave Christian played for the Minnesota Moose. Dave Christian played for the Minnesota Moose for one of their two years here. I thought that was cool. Actually, I believe both of them. Um, it's like, you know, he was one of the members of the U.S. Olympic team. That's pretty neat when you think about that. Uh, Steve Kristoff out of Richfield, Minnesota. Also, that's another one of the heroes of that team. Steve Janasek, another Minnesota Olympian there. Mark Pavlich, Buzz Schneider, Eric Strobel out of Rochester, Minnesota. 
uh, Phil Vercota from Duluth, Minnesota. So it just shows you how many, how much Minnesota had to do with that U.S. Olympic team. Very cool because you think it's oh, it's all mixed with Boston guys in Minnesota. Yes, it was mostly Minnesota and Boston. Uh, Ken Morrow, though, is a Flint, Michigan guy, went to Bowling Green. So we see how many Boston guys there were. Gruzioni, of course, the captain. Two, three, four. Four, only really, actually, four guys. <laughs> when you can, if you can believe it, we're from, <laughs> who actually went to uh, Boston, where he had Minnesota like a hundred times. You had two Badgers, one Bowling Green, one North Dakota. Uh, but you had Minnesota all over the place. All over the place, indeed. You had five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten from the Gophers, and two from the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. That being Harrington and Pavlich. Quite a quite an awesome memory, quite an awesome feat, and uh, it's just kind of funny, though. It's kind of funny and sad at the same time to see how few of these guys actually had major careers after that. But I guess what do you expect? I mean, they were college players; they were not NHLers. Uh, where a lot of these, uh, <laughs> a lot of these outstanding players. On on Russia had you know had NHL careers later on, quite a amazing run that they had indeed. So just thought I would recognize what they were able to accomplish the uh, the Minnesota the Minnesota players in the Olympics. Just it's just the perfect time to recognize it and hopefully hopefully somehow some way it helps send them good luck knowing that I talked knowing that we. <laughs> Talked about the, yeah, that's kind of silly, isn't it? But whatever. Let's just hopefully send them some good luck here going into the Olympics. Bringing up the great 1980 team one more time. One more time in our hopeful year that we can get it done. Because remember last time, four years ago, Zach Parisi and co. A member of the New Jersey Devils at the time lost the gold medal game in overtime. When uh, Sidney Crosby scored for the Canadian team to win the gold. So that's how close we were to winning it. Hopefully this time we get it done. Because Ryan Suter's on it now. Yes, sir. Like father, like son. Go get it, Ryan. Go get it. <laughs> All right. Let's check in on the Iowa Wild briefly here. Quite briefly. Well, at least some of the uh, some of the some of the young prospects. A factor this time around. Eric Hollis sent down there during this break, which is a very nice, very wise move by the uh, Minnesota Wild and such, and the Iowa Wild. Eric Hollis getting two assists. In just a couple games down there. Very cool to see. Zach Phillips factoring in again too. With a goal and an assist the past week. Nice to see him picking up the pace down there a bit. And Stephen Kumpfer with two assists as well. The Again, the guy we got in the uh, Greg Zanin trade a couple years ago. Yeah, still in the minor leagues. But he's been picking it up of late. Now he, he now has 17 points. So very cool to see. Eric Hollow in much limited time. 19 points. In Iowa, it just shows you what a factor. I mean, obviously he's he's he, he would be an elite AHL player and has become a very solid NHL player with a nice nice future. I mean, no reason to no reason to think Eric Halla will just be sticking in Iowa any uh, for any time. Uh, it's just it's just to keep him going because he's still developing. Zach Phillips, though, nice to see him taking a couple steps up here of late. That that's encouraging. So let's wrap it up here. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Remember to call into the phone lines. Do give the Facebook page a like and the Twitter a follow. Would be appreciated. Also, please do give a positive rating for Brave the Wild on iTunes. It's greatly, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, 
again, trying not to ramble too much, because obviously, <laughs> I mean, there's just not as much going on this time around, trying to get it all covered and move on from here. Thank you all again for listening, and we will be back in a couple weeks after the Olympic break and hoping for a very positive little start <laughs> and end to the month of February. Wouldn't that be crazy? The Wild would be undefeated in February if they were to win those two games. So let's see. We will be, will we indeed be reviewing an undefeated February? We shall find out. Until then, go USA.